UGC. Outdated or essential? Cut through the noise and reveal the truth with our free ebook created in collaboration with VideoWise. Learn proven strategies to encourage customer reviews, leverage email marketing for sales, and boost conversion rate by 9.2%. Download the ebook for free at flowing.com/ugc. We, as an email marketing agency, we found ourselves this year in a very like unique position. We learned a lot of lessons, and here are our biggest email marketing lessons that 2020 has taught us. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Floium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here, you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Floium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Email Einstein. Vera and Alisa here. We are two email marketers at an email marketing agency called Floium. We are super passionate about email marketing and because we love what we do, we wanna share our insights with you. Floium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. We specialize in providing a premium, full service e-commerce email marketing experience for all of our clients. Our service is tailored specifically for your business and it's designed to help increase your online retail revenue by 20 to 50%. That's five zero percent. We deliver the right message to the right person at the right moment. And that's what we're all about here at Floium. And we are going to just get crashing through our very final episode in 2020. Can you believe it? Yay, final episode. <laughs> Take a deep breath, people, because we are almost there. 2020 is almost over and everyone has so much hope for 2021. <laughs> yeah, but for most of us, this has been an incredibly challenging, transformative and life-changing year. Yeah. And especially for people in business, for many businesses, especially small businesses, 2020 feels like someone just like pulled the rug out of from underneath them <laughs> and um yeah i mean for, for all of us it it's been a challenging year but but let's just like briefly talk about all the good stuff that happened this year because let's let's focus on something good so i um i found this this facts i googled them like what really good happened this year 2020 so here's my personal favorite list so spacex launches two astronauts into the space for the first time we watched it live as well you watched it live yeah like, yeah oh we right. went we went and we saw the launch it was amazing right. so yes very right. cool thing that happened in 2020 <laughs> yeah and uh tiger king became a hit series series so and and you watched that too alisa right yes yes i did <laughs> apparently i indulge in all the nice things from 2020 <laughs> <laughs> i guess wearing sweatpants and t-shirts became acceptable fashion choices all day every day and i'm super happy about it like yep. i'm wearing my sweatpants as we speak right now so <laughs> that's a good one lady gaga actually gave us her new album so that's one of my personal highlights as nice. well nice yeah very cool uh crayola uh, how to say it how to how to pronounce it correctly like crayola you got it right you crayola got it right. crayola yeah. okay guys because i heard like different versions i heard like even cra crayons and yeah 
like all kinds of weird pronunciations. Anyways, Crayola launched a box of crayons with different skin colors for, for children to accurately color themselves into the world. That's and cool. I think this is so cool. Yeah. Because even in Slack, we have this like uh, different um, colors of the light. Yeah, right? yeah, it's true. I always <laughs> used to, pay, whenever I would do my skin, I mean, I'm not brown. Um, I'm Latin, so like I have pretty tan skin. I always used to do like um, the brown color mixed with yellow and try and get the perfect skin color. <laughs> like, uh, it's not Listen. quite. <laughs> so that's cool. Well, that's really cool. Crayola thought of people like you. So <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, and also in 2020, we came up with creative ways to celebrate big milestones like drive by birthdays and Zoom parties and hello, Facebook weddings am yep. i right alisa guilty guilty <laughs> yeah that was actually the first ever facebook wedding i attended but oh, i thought really? it was such a, yeah i've never cool. i've never done this before but i thought it was such a cool idea and i literally cool. felt like we were there <laughs> We were in our like team Slack. We we're like <laughs> crying there. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, another good thing that happened this year is the highest voter turnout in 120 years in the, wow. in the states. So that's a big one for you, I guess. Yeah. As well. So yeah, a lot of good things happened as well. And really, a few things have impacted our world on so many levels, like like COVID pandemic of 2020. But hey, we still have so many things to be grateful for, so yeah. many things to be like happy about. And um, yeah, and, and we as an email marketing agency, we found ourselves this year in a very like unique position of helping clients to make decisions regarding their businesses um, in a very like turbulent time. So it was a roller coaster for us as well. Mm. But hey, we learned a lot. We learned a lot of lessons and here are our biggest email marketing lessons that 2020 has taught us. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this episode because I feel like we have a lot, a lot of things to share. Yeah, for so. sure. Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity and reputation. Introducing Floium's Brand Voice course. Create your voice, tone, and learn how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Find out more at floium.com slash brand voice. So the first and big one for me anyways, uh, was that in email marketing, you have to provide value first. Mm -hmm. And it is estimated that in 2019, there were 293.6 billion emails sent and received every day, every freaking day, wow. which means that an average person receives more than 120 emails per day. And again, that was back in 2019. I'm sure that these numbers are much higher in 2020. Sure. I bet in this year, the numbers will be, oh my goodness, through the roof. Yeah. And it's way too easy to just like get lost in all that um, email marketing noise, right? Mm. And if you really want to stand out in your customers' inboxes, and that's something that we learned in 2020, and sometimes we learned it the hard way, if you want to stand out, you need to stand out through high quality content. You need to be providing value first, rather than always hitting your subscribers 
with an ask. And I just like listened um, lately to this great podcast and they were talking about what makes a good content, good content. Mm. And they said that your content should either educate, entertain or inspire. If your content doesn't do any of these three things, don't don't send it. (laughs) Don't exhaust your customers with, with those emails. You should either educate, entertain or inspire. So start by asking yourself, hey, who is my customer and how am I going to meet my customer's needs? How can I educate my customer? How can I entertain my customer? How can I make them smile? And how can I like inspire them um, to, to, to be better versions of themselves? So here are some examples of educational content that you can be sending. So when your customers understand the value of your product and they know how to use it properly, in that case, they will get the most after out of your products, right? So mm. education can be something as simple as, hey, here is how to properly use our product to get like the most out of it. If you are selling the supplements, you can send an email about like what is the best time to take the supplements, when they need to be taking supplements, how often do they need to be taking it? Is there a good idea to combine the supplement with some other supplements or something like that? Educational content comes in a variety of forms, honestly. It could be like a step-by-step videos, how to put on your socks. I don't know. No, this this brand probably <laughs> don't need a step-by-step video. But it can be a product guide or even an FAQ. You wouldn't believe how often people like message. Well, you probably would believe if you you work in e-commerce, but try to address all of the customers frequently asked questions before they even ask them. So be one, one step ahead of them. Create some content around your frequently asked questions. Create some campaigns or, or even make it a part of your flows. Provide information that needs, that your customer needs to achieve something specific in order to see the results. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, one really cool thing that we did, actually we will do it soon with one of my clients. They are they are selling the herbal teas and um, herbal uh, shots. So basically like detox products. So in the early 2021, we'll send the campaign that we'll be talking about the best uh, detox tips to like to cleanse or to clean your body after, after the holidays. And uh, yeah, so we just like Googled them and put together a really nice informative email and we are not asking them to purchase anything from us we want to provide the value first before asking them to do something that's cool yeah and and another big one is inspire as we already talked and case studies can be really powerful inspire kind of content right uh you can show your customers so like other client success stories just like to to inspire your customers to take an action and um Neil Patel, he's like a big uh, marketing guy, the co-founder of uh, Crazy Egg. He actually managed to increase his sales by by 70% by including case studies in his email flows. So like, yeah, the case studies, they are powerful. They are inspirational. They are educational in a way as well. Mm. And I guess you can make them entertaining as well. So (laughs) uh, get get creative with them. Okay, so we've kind of covered Inspire. We cover uh, education entertain. If you are blessed with Jerry Seinfeld's kind of humor, definitely <laughs> use it in your emails. Go for it. But if you are more like me and the only person laughing at your jokes <laughs> is your grandma, and thank you, grandma, um, maybe you better focus on something you are good at. You don't have to entertain if, if that's not 
in line with your branding yeah you don't have to entertain if you you don't have to be funny if you are selling i don't know what can what what not funny can you be selling if you're providing <laughs> like the funeral services or something yeah i don't know yeah. but we literally we have we had the, the client before in the, yeah. in the past that's why that's the, an example that uh that i got if you struggle coming up with hilarious posts and memes uh, that go viral focus on educational focus on inspirational stuff but if you are actually good with making people laugh just like just go for it it's, it's actually powerful i i really liked there's this brand it's called shinesty and they are selling the um, like the t-shirts and shirts and basically apparel company and at the beginning of twin of the pandemic they started selling the masks as well so they had this like hilarious campaign where they said masks are like pants these days you can go in public without them but you get straight but you'll get strange stares and people will likely cross this the street to steer car clear of you so if humor is in your toolbox don't don't be don't be afraid of using it and yeah, listen you don't have to be like um you you don't have to be a steinfeld or you don't seinfeld you don't have to be a william shakespeare to to create a good quality content when people think of quality content most of the time they are not looking for like perfect grammar they are not looking for like hollywood style video effects or like super high quality um like jokes or something the content just needs to be like useful to them mm. it needs to be either educational informative it has to be inspirational or entertaining the important part is always focusing on your customer knowing how you can serve that particular kind of customer and you need to understand what is valuable and worthwhile to your audience so lesson number one that we learned this year is provide value first and only after that, you can hit your customers with an ask. You can ask them to do something. But before, provide the value first. Yeah, I love that. And that's something that we drive home with clients all the time where they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you have to sell, sell, sell. And it's like, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> You're not adding value. You have to add the value and you have to make people trust that you will add value before you can actually push them to make a purchase with you, you know? So mm -hmm. I love that one. That's a really great one in the educate, inspire and entertain. That's huge. And definitely, definitely something that I personally uh, let slide from my mind from time to time. And then I see an email and I'm like, what am I getting out of this? Not a lot. Let's <laughs> rethink this. So I love yeah. that. Really good. So for lesson number two, we called it connecting with empathy. So I'm sure you can all agree if this year has taught us anything, it's that empathy, it really matters when you get down to the nitty gritty. This year was obviously filled with unprecedented events that made us all kind of reconsider and reevaluate our priorities in life. And I think the biggest priority um, for a lot of us actually, and what we've realized a lot of this year is that people really matter the most, especially in a pandemic and in times of struggle. Um, they matter to us personally, our loved ones, the people that we see, our friends, our family, but they also matter in general. A big reason why a lot of people wear masks is not necessarily because it protects themselves, but it helps protect others. People are avoiding seeing their family members who are high risk because they want to protect them. So I think all in all, as a society, we can all agree that people matter. People are important. And 
sometimes in situations that require higher than normal levels of empathy, business practice or businesses kind of get kicked out of the door. And so what I mean by that is your empathy sometimes has to trump your ability to sell and, and get a sale from a customer. So one thing that we actually noticed many brands doing, and we also started to encourage our own clients to do was to consider showing their more empathetic or vulnerable side to their customers. Mm -hmm. So with email marketing, obviously we want to sell and we want to grow e-commerce businesses. I mean, duh. (laughs) That's why marketing (laughs) exists as a whole. But this year, email marketers and business owners alike really got a chance to show their customer base that they actually care from the, for them through all of this. So how did we actually do this? How did we achieve this? Well, for starters, instead of sending another email pushing the sale of a product, we had our clients check in with their customers. We were able to send plain text emails on behalf of CEOs requesting a pulse check. Hey, thanks for being a loyal customer with our, like a customer with us. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What can we do to support you? That kind of thing. Just being like a good neighbor, you know? We helped our clients create initiatives that would support and uplift those on the front lines of the healthcare industry. Um, We saw a lot of brands that were doing like buy one, donate one. So there was one brand that we worked with that was selling energy bars. And for Mm -hmm. every box that was purchased, when you made that purchase, you had the opportunity to donate to a hospital that was affiliated with the brand or whatever it was, which was really cool. You know, it just goes to show like the community support that gets or community support and the community outreach that kind of transpires from a really horrific virus. We crafted strategies for our clients that enabled them to provide discounts and extensions on refunds or help even with any payments on subscription services, you know? One of the things that like Loom, for example, is a service that we use a lot internally. Um, It's basically just like a screen recording platform. Um, So you can record your screen and then also you can turn on your camera so that your face is also there as part of the recording and make videos and things like that. They were actually offering 50% off their subscription for like six months out of the year as soon as the pandemic hit to help people with their payments and things like that because Mm -hmm. people were struggling. So in times of struggle, despite being a business owner and wanting to make money. Yes, that's super important. That's why you have a business. You got to pay the bills. You have a family. You have a house, whatever. It is important to show others that you care because your business will be remembered in the long run and it may not pay the bills right now, but I can promise you that it will pay dividends beyond comprehension in the future. So people will always go back to a company that showed that they cared about them versus a company that kind of slapped them in the face when they needed help. A personal example for me, I mean, this is it's not an e-commerce business, but so I'm sure a lot of you who have listened (laughs) with with us from the start know I actually got married this year. Very crazy year. But my husband and I got married back in April, a local wedding venue here in Boca Raton. We had a contract set up with them and everything. And we had to cancel our wedding. They were horrific to work with. Like Mm -hmm. they really, really made the whole process 10 times worse than what it was. They were not willing to provide any form of any partial refund or willing to pay it forward for us. We had six months to reschedule our our entire event, which was ridiculous because there were no promises that we would be able to have our wedding in six months, which if you look back, six months from April is October. We still wouldn't have been able to have our wedding. So we had to throw this huge fit. I had to make all these posts on social media. This is where digital marketing comes in handy because, you know, (laughs) you know the right buttons to press. And then we finally got through to them and then they agreed, oh, yeah, you can have your wedding in a year's time. Well, if you think about it, Mm. a lot of people still can't even have their wedding at the start of 2021 because it doesn't look like this thing is really blowing over very much anytime soon. Or not Mm. that the virus isn't stopping the spread, but it's just people are still very, very anxious about what they can and can't do. So 
It's been miserable. And so we lost quite a large amount of money because we just ended up having to cancel. I'm pregnant now. We're, we're buying a house. I mean, there's so many other things going on. And to look in the next six months to think, oh, can we can we host a reception or whatever it is with this venue? It's just, it's foolish. Mm-hmm. And I know that I wasn't the only, we weren't the only couple that went through that. There were a lot of local couples here that were actually reaching yeah. out to me via Facebook Messenger and things like, oh my gosh, this venue totally screwed us over. What do we do? Like, what did you do? And I was like, <laughs> it's bad business. It's really bad business. Mm-hmm. So that's one place that I know for sure that I will never, ever, ever go back to, whether it's for an event, my own event, going to someone else's wedding, I don't. I refuse to support that entity because they were awful to work with in the middle of a pandemic. Whereas other couples who worked with other venues, the venues provided them a full and total refund. Hey, you can reschedule in the next five years if you want to, whatever you need. Whoa. People were going above and beyond to help. So make sure that you're on the good side of that. <laughs> versus mm-hmm. the bad side. It's tough in in kind of like in that in the middle of that situation because you don't necessarily know what, how things will transpire, but just know that people will be loyal to you and people will come back and appreciate what you did for them in their time of struggle mm-hmm. and they will be more than happy to come forth and play ball for you, you know? Now yeah. everyone is talking about shopping small. People are really diverting their focuses from like the big boys like Target, Walmart, and Amazon and focusing on the local businesses because they want to support the small business owners who are a lot of you e-commerce owners. So um, make sure you kind of hang tight and, and go there empathetic route because it's important. It's really important for people to know that you care and it will go such a long way for you as a business owner. And it doesn't even have to be anything huge. You can even do as little as change the tone or the copy of your emails just to make it sound more empathetic. You can um, maybe offer some kind of exchange and return policy, Mm -hmm. like an extended or I don't know, do the higher discount. Obviously, you are still in business to make money, but maybe just change the way you are talking to your customers, just like understand that on, on the other side of the screen is act, is an actual person yeah. who is going through this anxious times as well. Yeah. So these times are hard for like all of us on the both sides of that, like marketing, marketing right. walls. So just like remember about it. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't make it harder for the other person. And that <laughs> extension of the refund uh, return or return policy. I mean, one of my clients did that and he got tremendous feedback and I think he extended it for from like 30 days to 60 days or something. It's really not the end of the world, but he got such positive feedback from his customer base because they could see like, hey, listen, we understand you're a business owner and we appreciate the effort that you're making to to make this better for us. So mm-hmm. it's very small gestures go such a long way and they don't break the bank and there are creative ways to do it. So do it. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I don't even think a lot of people would take you up on that offer, on that like extended right. um, policy, return policy. It's just more to to show your customers that mm-hmm. you are there for them in case they need you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and the third lesson that we learned this year, it kind of goes hand in hand with the being empathetic in your emails. The third lesson is being more personal. Mm. And during this COVID-19 craziness, arguably the biggest thing that people crave is actually like interaction with each other. And email is the form of interaction. So the more you can make your email marketing feel like it's coming from a real person to the real person, the more engaging and effective it will be. We talked a lot about emails being relevant, about the segmentation in our previous episodes, but here are the few 
like basic tactics. So the first big one is segmentation. <laughs> I mean, we, we probably mentioned it in each and every in each and every episode, but segmentation is what this entire marketing thing is about. Segment. Everyone wants to feel like they are being spoken to like f- from a real person and with a real person. So slice your list into smaller like sublist or segments if you wish using specific criteria so you can craft personalized targeted emails that better speak to like a certain client to different uh, types of contacts um, you have in your email database. Do not uh, bombard your entire list. Do not send it to uh, send each and every campaign to your master list, to like your entire list of the clients, because people want to feel that they are not just one of many people on your list. They want to feel like you as a business care about them specifically and about their specific needs. So if you are selling the pet products, do not bombard parrot owners uh, with the food for cats. That's that's what I'm saying. Just like try to segment as much as you can. And believe me, even though it, it sounds counterintuitive, but segmented lists, they convert better and they bring more money. They bring more revenue. So don't exhaust your list with each and every email. So that's the first big one. The second little trick that you can do is to use a real reply to email address. Yeah. So... The That's person huge. you're sending prospect email to is they want to engage with you and you want to hear back from them as why as well. So why use the no reply at company.com as the reply to address in your emails? You both want to talk to each other. You want to talk to your customer just as much as they want to talk to you, believe it or not. And using a real person's name like john at company.com will not only help you make your emails more like recognizable and credible, but it will also increase your open rate and it will also make your email feel more personal, I guess. And that's something that we all are craving these days. So something as little as changing from um, or like using a real reply to email is actually huge. Mm. Customize the sender name. Mm, For the same reason, you'll want to make sure that you customize the name of the sender in your email. In the best case scenario, you would probably use the name of like a real person from like a real customer support department or I don't know, even like the name of your CEO if if it's a small brand and and people want to connect with with your CEO directly. Try to use a name that the lead might actually recognize. And um, that's super easy to do, but it will make your emails feel more personal as well. And a little thing that people know about but often forget to do that is including the recipient's name. And it's super easy to do in the platforms like Clavio. Like you literally just insert the tag that pulls customer name dynamically from their profile. So instead of hi customer or hi there, you can be doing like, hey, Alisa or hey, Vera or Mm -hmm. whatever. And they also have this cool feature that if the system does not recognize the name of the customer, if there is no name of the customer, you can set up like a generic field, just like... You can do like a hi there or like hey pal or or hey pal or whatever, whatever your like tone of the brand is in case um, the system cannot pull their name from the system. So, yeah, so try doing that. It's a little, little tweak, but it can help you a lot with the overall feel of the email and the tone. The tone of the copy is huge as well. And we 
had like an entire episode about it, but try taking a conversational tone as much as possible. Of course, if it's like in line with your branding, knowing what to say and what and when to say, it's important. Don't get us wrong. But the tone of your messaging is is just as important just for your customers to to feel like like they are dealing not with just like a marketing with a template or something but we want to feel make them feel like they are working with real people and that they are talking to a friend actually so mm. try to try to make your tone as conversational as possible if possible of course so that's like being more personal is the third big lesson that this pandemic taught us and i'm sure it will be applicable even after this all this crazy craziness ends because <laughs> being more personal is is huge actually yeah. And we've talked a lot about this in the past as well, definitely on other podcasts where a big focus for us is like, okay, how, and that comes with like the segmentation, how do we personalize like the actual content in the emails as well, not only based on like, including their name and stuff, but like, making sure that like, people are receiving the right kind of message, like, hey, you have a cat, let's talk about cats, that kind of thing. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the personalization thing is that's one that 100% will stick. I think these will all stick, but the personalization is a big one. Definitely a big yeah. one. And our very last email marketing lesson of 2020 is being flexible. And this one makes me laugh because whether you liked it or not, you had to be flexible this year to make it through. <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. so sorry. Like if you couldn't be flexible, then you are still stuck in February 2020 and uh, we'll see you into the new year. <laughs> Mm -hmm. As a human, as a parent, as a kid, as an employee, as a business owner, and as a marketer, you just had to. Internally here at Floium, we usually work on our campaign calendars on a quarterly basis for our clients. It usually just helps with like organization, planning, and ultimately just getting an effective strategy in place for our clients. But you can imagine all of our surprise when we got to March and we had to do a complete <laughs> 180 with the kind of content that we were sending out to our clients' customers. Oh, yeah. We like to be organized and we like things to go according to plan, but definitely not the case this year. And it required a huge amount of flexibility from all of us as account managers um, here at the agency, along with everybody else in the world who had to be flexible with their new uh, situations. Yeah, that's something that as a person, it's important to be. But in the email marketing world, you just have to be able to move with the tide because not only did this year create a, lo a lot of changes and a lot of unexpected kind of twists and turns, but this industry is ever changing um, and new things get rolled out. Clavio is constantly rolling out new new upgrades, new updates. We have to just keep moving um, and we have to keep educating ourselves and knowing what to do next because uh, we want to try and be ahead of whatever is coming next. So just to give you kind of a couple of examples of what we went through firsthand here and also just kind of how we had to be flexible around it. So at the very beginning of the pandemic, we're kind of thinking back to March, April timeframe. We had a mix of clients that had a mix of emotions. So mm -hmm. for example, one of our clients, Wine Austin, who you guys all know well, Logan and Dale, they're an awesome duo um, who, who co-own and co-founded the company. They saw the biggest spike in revenue that they had ever seen as a company because people were desperately buying alcohol. <laughs> 
<laughs> to get delivered to their homes to withstand yeah. their new life from home situation, which is totally understandable. And that's not a bad problem to have. But they had to manage production, shipment and a new huge inbound of customer service requests. So they had to get flexible, whatever they had planned for or strategized for for that year. They had to basically start from scratch because now they're mm-hmm. dealing with this mass quantity of uh, not expectation. Oh, my gosh, I'm lo- completely losing the word demand, huge, huge mm-hmm. demand on their product and on their brand, which was cool for us to see firsthand because, you know, we help with their email marketing, but they went through a lot of growing pains um, in a very short amount of time. But then other clients that are kind of, I guess, in the non-essential category, which honestly, I I don't like that term because I really believe every business is essential. Everyone has bills to pay. Everyone, whoever owns a business, your business is essential. Let's just, let's just put that out there. But other clients, they had to adapt with the increase in job loss, the general panic Mm. that people were having, uh, people holding on to their money for their dear lives, not wanting to spend on a single thing other than like food and water. So rather than sending out campaigns that focused on selling or promoting the purchase of their products that we had initially pitched and strategized for the year, we started sending out campaigns that encouraged, inspired and showed care. So going back to that empathy thing, we had to kind of completely switch the, the mode of what our strategy looked like, what our campaigns looked like. And rather than going down the selling route, we had to go down the empathetic route. So we had to be very flexible. So and I had mentioned this earlier in the podcast just now, but one of my clients extended their return exchange policy to make up for the shift in focus. You know, hey, we understand there's a pandemic going on. It's really crazy. Instead of 30 days, we're extending it to 60 days. And again, he had such a positive response. So you just got to be flexible. You got to be able to kind of switch over and get creative and um, just just move along. Because if you don't, You're going to miss opportunities. Yeah. And now we fast forward to today. We're hopefully reaching the end of this horrific thing. But now our clients are struggling with angry customer emails because of USPS Mm -hmm. delays. And I mean, serious delays like most of my clients, their customers still have not received their purchases from Black Friday. And we're like almost a month past that. I'm still I'm still waiting for my packages, too. Are you really? Yeah, Yeah, I am. Yeah, It's Mm -hmm. like it's crazy. It really is crazy. So. Rather than, so for example, we've kind of had to shift on on both sides of things, on the automation front and then also on the campaigns. Right. The automations, we have a, a post-purchase flow um, that I think we've talked about in the past where um, towards the end of the flow, by that point, we've made kind of the estimation that with sh- with shipping included uh, or the shipping time frame, the person would have received their package already or their product and they would have tried it mm-hmm. already. So at that point, we asked for, hey, we'd love a survey. We'd love you to fill out a survey. We'd love your feedback. Would you write us a review? And customers are still getting those emails and they're like, how dare you rub this in my yeah. face? I still haven't. And we're like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what? We didn't mean to do this. This is an automated email. But we have to account for that. So we've had to extend right. the delay now by like two to three weeks to make sure, Whoa. Um, which is it's crazy. So on the automation side of things, like you have to be ready to make changes at the you know, at the snap of a finger, because the second you get that one customer email, you can feel the enragement from your customers. You don't want to go through that again. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side of it, we're having to create these last minute apology campaigns because they're receiving so many angry customer emails, asking customers to please be patient with the current state of most fulfillment and shipping centers because it's out of the company's control. They sent out the product, but it's UPS that's not scanning it and shipping it quickly enough because of all the delays. Right. We've 
had the biggest e-commerce year ever this year. So it it only makes sense. And it it puts a strain on these external factors. So you as a business owner, you as an email marketer, you have to be in tune with that kind of stuff so that you can you can make amends with your customers and reassure them and comfort them, even though they're super angry. And really, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to show that you're trying, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's, uh, yeah, been been very interesting. So with every, every client meeting is so crucial now ever on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis because right. we have to check in. Hey, is there anything coming in from customers? Is there anything we need to be aware of? That's one of the major questions we ask at, at close to the end of every meeting. Are there any updates or anything that we need to be aware of? And that's a really good opportunity for our clients to let us know like, hey, we're getting a ton of angry emails from customers because of shipping. What can we do? And that's when we as email marketers, we kind of have to on the fly like, hey, let's let's send out another campaign or let's target these people who specifically made purchases during Black Friday and send them an email or send them a send them a coupon or a bounce back coupon for a future purchase or something like that, you know? So yeah, the flexibility side of things is huge. And this year it was more necessary than most, but just always be prepared for that kind of stuff because these things come up, these changes come up. And if you're not ready to move with the change, then <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna take some people off, that is for sure. So yeah, that is a wrap. 2020 four email marketing lessons that you have taught us and it's been nice knowing you we appreciate the education we appreciate the knowledge <laughs> but it'll be nice to see you leave <laughs> so yeah. adios <laughs> <laughs> see you never I yeah guess. right see you never again <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this year has taught us a lot, but I'm so ready to go into 2021. We have high hopes for 2021. New year, new new me kind of thing. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no more sweats in 2021. No, no. I'm probably <laughs> stick to this one. Yeah. The one I like. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being with us in this 2020. Uh, we started this podcast in 2020. So that was a fruitful year for us. Yeah. Um, we love doing this podcast for you. If you have any questions, comments, please let us know. We love connecting with people. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. And if you want to get involved in a community, and that's something that I really do about, uh, that I really do like about our company, that we do have a big community of entrepreneurs, yeah. email marketers. If you want to join that community, please join us at flowium.com slash community. And we, we hope to see you there. Yeah, it's a, and it's it's worthwhile. It's definitely worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Guys, make sure that you stay tuned for next week's episode as we talk about what to expect when it comes to marketing your e-commerce business in 2021. Doesn't that sound good to say? It's 2021 know, next week. Yay. And it'll be our first episode of 2021. So please don't miss it. We're going to start the new year off with a bang. We're really excited. And yeah, wishing you all a happy, happy new year. Stay safe. Keep it real. Make sure you stay positive. This year was crazy, but just remember all the good things and let's take that into the new year. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared. 
Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to claim your free ebook and learn how to drive conversions with UGC in 2024. From fresh ways to use UGC on your website to revenue pooling email strategy. Discover actionable insights to master your UGC game in 2024. Stop missing out. Go to florium.com slash UGC and download this ebook for free.